Hey everyone, and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my lovely wife Liberty, as always. We're a married couple with different hobbies, and we try to bring each other into our interests by discussing the latest news in sports and books. Today's episode is a sports episode. And I really hope it doesn't go that long, because I know the NFL draft was this week. I did my best to keep it to the minimum... The minimum is each team drafted players, and you can find out more on NFL.com. <laughs> well, then maybe a little more than the minimum then. Dang it. But, as always, I would like to start with the NHL, because I don't care about any other sport. Right. We have some more players who are out for the rest of the season, because the rest of the season is about two weeks from now. S'mores players are my favorite players. <laughs> you're lucky you're cute. Yeah. So... I'm going to say his name wrong. You're going to have to correct me. I hope you're prepared. Shane Gostisbeer? Gostisbeer? If you say so. Is out 7 to 10 days for the Philadelphia Flyers with a sprained MCL in his knee. The defenseman was injured during the game against the New York Rangers on Friday, April 23rd. So not quite the rest of the season, but very close to the rest of the season for him. I feel bad for the Flyers because it wasn't the only injury they had this week. No, it's not. You also had Carter Hart for the Philadelphia Flyers, who is actually out for the rest of the season because of a sprained MCL in his left knee. So same injury, different dudes. Yeah. He hasn't played since he was injured during the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins on April 15th. It was a Penguins loss, but was it really? We got rid of Hart. I don't know that it's really that big of a win to get rid of Carter Hart this year because he's been off. Like That's true. You know, he had two phenomenal years as a starting goalie for the Flyers, and then this year it's just been like, well, is he really in the net? Like, what's going on? You also have Noah Hannafin, who is out for the season for the Calgary Flames and is set to have shoulder surgery coming up here soon. He was originally injured in the game against Montreal on April 16th, and he left the game against them on Saturday, April 24th as well. So they tried to bring him back, but they realized he needs surgery. And the Blackhawks lost a pretty important piece to our chances of even making the playoffs. Adam Boquist this week left a game with a broken wrist. Ouch. Uh, He's out for the remainder of the season. The injury happened after he was hit by Eric Cernak of the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was a hard hit, but a clean hit. So I'm like, I'm not upset at Tampa Bay for it, but I'm like, Man, we were maybe going to do a thing, and then we're like, oh, Tampa well. Bay is out here hurting multiple people because you also had Eunice Corposalo, who's out for the season for the Blue Jackets, with a lower body injury. He was injured in the third period of the game against Tampa Bay on Sunday, April 25th. They're just trying to take care of all the teams that don't have really a solid playoff chance. They're like, we're just going to guarantee You don't it now. deserve to be in the playoffs. Let's just injure a couple of your players. Right. I don't think that's how that happened. But I don't feel like Tampa Bay has a certain, like, tough, heavy-checking team, so I don't understand. You don't understand our division. It's okay. (laughs) To be fair, I don't pay attention to more than my division most of the time. Right. I know they definitely have some tough players, but I don't feel like it's all of their lines. They're fast and big-bodied like they've been for a number of years, so, like, they kind of built like the St. Louis Blues did when they had their championship push where they're just bigger bodies that move real quick up and down the ice they don't mean to be big hitters but if they hit you it hurts well i feel like with most teams if someone hits you it's gonna hurt yeah and then the last injury that i have is another one i'm gonna mispronounce and you'll have to correct me on nicolaj ellers who is going to be out for the rest of the regular season for the winnipeg jets with an undisclosed injury apparently but they're expecting him back for the playoffs if and when the winnipeg jets 
play and how far they get into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I originally read that article and I was like, so we don't know why he's hurt. We don't know how long he's going to be hurt right. for. And I'm like, all right, But he'll well, be back for the playoffs, apparently. But he'll be back. So it's just like, I just left it be. I'm like, oh, Liberty will probably write about that one. Well, right now there's not even a start date for the playoffs yet, but the Jets are set to conclude the regular season with a home game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on May 14th. So, I mean, that's a little too soon to come back from whatever the heck is happening, but depending on how far they get into the playoffs. Right. But a piece of news that I think you might have more on than I do is that Andrew Shaw is ending his career because of how concussion-prone he's been over the past couple years. He was placed on long-term IR on March 5th. He played his last game on February 9th when he sustained a concussion in the game against the Dallas Stars. I really don't have much more news to it than that. Like, the poor guy has been concussion-prone for almost his entire career. He's smaller, like, body size-wise in the NHL, like, in comparison to guys that are normally enforcers, and he liked to get in people's faces. So, in turn, he gets hit more because people don't like the fact that he hits people. And Well, I mean, if you're a big guy being enforced upon by a smaller dude, I'm sure you don't enjoy that, and you take it out on him. And and the dilemma a lot of the times is is he didn't lose. Like, he was... Just that mutt you'd want to fight on your side, you know, right. and hence why he gained that name where it was just kind of like you got that big mutt energy inside you and it just was great and um, I'm sad to see him go. The thing that made me sadder to see earlier was come trade deadline, we traded away Highmore who literally on this podcast I have compared to Andrew Shaw. Yeah. So I was like, we had a guy that could take over for him and he was doing a good job at it, but it's still just like, you know, you can't really replace an Andrew Shaw, I don't think, like 100%. And so I'm sad to see him go, but I understand why. Yeah. Well, and once you get a concussion, it's easier to get another concussion. So I feel like you're just going down a spiral if you keep him on your team. On top of that, I'm pretty sure he has two kids. And the last thing you want to do is have like life-changing brain damage from all the concussions you've got to not be able to enjoy like your children growing up and things like that. So Right. I think you're definitely going to have trouble trying to to replace Shaw. I think you're going to have to have one of your other guys step forward as an enforcer in the meantime. Yeah, like when it comes to the ferocity that he kind of brings to the game, it's something that we're going to be missing, I think, this season for sure, no matter what. But Uh, However many games you have left at this point. Yeah, because we're basically one loss away from not having any chance of making the playoffs, so. I mean, you could be like the Flyers and already be out of the playoff contention, so like, yeah, at least you're not the. If only I was in the North, you know, when it comes to division, because they are struggling to figure out who's going to even make it at this point, so. You are in one of the harder divisions to clinch a spot, because already so many spots have been clinched. Realistically, like, almost every single league has decided their top three already, so the fourth spots are the only ones available except for in the North. But League, you mean division. Well, division, you know what I meant, but yeah. But Shaw is not the only person who retired this week. You had Ryan Miller, who has the most wins by a United States-born goalie in NHL history, will retire after this season. He made the announcement on Thursday, April 29th. Yeah, and so at the end of this season will be the end of Ryan Miller's career. We saw him play the Kings for the final time in Anaheim yesterday. And man, like I grew up in Southern California, so like Ryan Miller in the recent years has been the goalie for the Ducks for 
like a period of time for a good period of time. And then prior to that, he played in St. Louis. So as a Blackhawks fan, obviously, I saw him every now and again. And he's also spent time in Vancouver, which is another big rival of the Blackhawks come playoff time. So I've had my fair share of Ryan Miller moments, to say the least. So it's kind of sad to see him go, I guess. But at the same time, I'm like, man, you've haunted my dreams when it comes to playoff time for far too long. But going out as the most winningest American goalie in the history of the NHL, that's not a bad way to go if you got to. You know, but overall, he is the 14th most winningest goalie period in NHL history. So he's still a top 15 goalie, which is still a hell of a place to be amongst, you know, total games played as a goalie. I have a feeling that there's just a lot of Canadians on that list. Yeah. Speaking of, one of your favorite Canadians, ex-goalie Marc-Andre Fleury, also crossed off a threshold this week by tying Roberto Luongo, or a.k.a. Robert Luongo, as you called him last week. (laughs) Actually, I believe he passed him last night. I think he did end up passing him last night. Um, At uh, 489 wins. Well, that, that would be the tie then, because that's what I had it down as. But we'll let you check that first. According to Vegas Golden Knights Twitter, Mark andre Fleury has tied Roberto Luongo for third on the all-time wins list with 800, not 800, oi. Ooh, let's say that's a lot of wins. 489 wins. Okay, so tied it. It says hashtag Vegas born. Go shut your face. Vegas. Well, he was their first. He's not Vegas born. He was their first starting goalie, though. He's from Canada. He played with us far longer than he played for you guys. Yeah. You can just go shut your front door. (laughs) He was kind of reborn when he got to Vegas, though. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I feel like you're a little hurt still. We have another one of those to deal with later on as well. You being hurt? Expansion draft. Oh, yeah. But continue, Marc-Andre Fleury. But still quite a feat for the flower. Um, you know, you're proud of him, I'm sure. I'm proud of him. Yeah. We talked about it last week, how Vegas is kind of the home to our exes. They have Leonard and Flower, so it hurts. All my exes live in Vegas. Yes. Yeah. But that's what I have to say about the flower. Okay. We also had Riley Stillman, who has agreed to a three-year, $4.05 million contract with the Chicago Blackhawks on Sunday, April 25th. It has an AAV of $1.35 million. I'm still kind of on the edge of my seat about how I feel about this just because he's been with the team for such a short time. He was a trade deadline trade, so we'll see what ends up coming of him. I know that he played very well for Florida for a number of years, so I'm excited to see what comes of it. I think it'll be a good thing. Yeah. And then we had Jonathan Druin, who is taking an indefinite leave of absence from the Montreal Canadiens for, quote, personal reasons. He hasn't played since April 21st and was placed on long-term IR on Wednesday, April 28th. But he's leaving for personal reasons, not health reasons, so I don't know what's happening. Could be personal health reasons. Who knows? That's the one thing that's really weird about the NHL CBA. They can get away with basically saying nothing most of the time. Yeah. So. And then because this is a sport, we have a fine coming up. The New York Islanders forward Matthew Barzal has been fined $2,000 as a supplementary discipline under NHL Rule 64 for diving slash embellishment. Good. The rule is designated to bring attention to and more seriously penalize players who repeatedly dive slash embellish. In an attempt to draw penalties, citations are issued by the NHL Hockey Operations Department, which tracks all games, logs all penalties for diving and embellishment, and flags 
all plays which are not called on the ice that, in its opinion, were deserving of such a penalty. Barzal was issued a warning following an incident flagged by hockey operations during the game against the Philadelphia Flyers on January 30th. His second citation, which triggered the $2,000 fine, was issued for an incident during the game against the Washington Capitals on April 22nd. So the first one, you get a warning. After that, you're fined. Also, your coaches can be fined. It's based all on this table, but basically, I think someone on his team or multiple players on his team have to have four citations, and then your coach gets fined. And if you're costing your coach money, guess who he's not going to play? That's all I'm saying. I don't think that'll ever be a problem for Matthew Barzell, but... I mean, it's his second one. He gets two more, and then coach is getting fined. Yeah, but still, it's Matthew Barzell. Like, the dude has magic hands, so I don't know. Would the coach be happy with him? Probably not. But would he bench him? Nah, I don't think so. Just because of the amount of offense he brings and the great back-checking he also brings to the table. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. We also have Jake Vertanen. 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 Who was placed on leave on Saturday, May 1st by the Vancouver Canucks following allegations of sexual misconduct. The Canucks organization said in a statement... Our organization does not accept sexual misconduct of any kind, and the claims, as reported, are being treated very seriously by us. We have engaged external expertise to assist in an independent investigation, and we have placed the player on leave as we await more information. Good. Yeah, I I read that article, and I knew that you had typed about it and you were going to talk about it, so I let it lie in your hands just because... It made sense. Well, I'm also sick and tired of athletes. They can do these things, yeah. It gets real old real fast, and then when you start talking about sports news every week, suddenly you start seeing a pattern that you don't notice when you're just a casual fan of sports. Yeah. It gets real old real quick. I've got another one similar to that coming up in the MLB news. Not an active player, though, so I guess that's a good thing. Okay, then I know what you're talking about. Yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit. The last piece of NHL news I have has to do with what we were referencing before. The Seattle Kraken have officially joined the NHL on April 30th when they made their final expansion payment. They will begin play in the 21-22 season, and the NHL expansion draft is scheduled for July 21st. And it will be under the same rules for the Kraken as the Vegas Golden Knights had in 2017 when they started their expansion draft. The Kraken will select one player from each team, excluding the Golden Knights, for a total of 30 players. They're going to end up picking 14 forwards, 9 defensemen, and 3 goalies. Current NHL teams can protect 7 forwards, 3 defensemen, and 1 goalie. So they have to leave players open in each of the spots. If the Blackhawks don't protect Lincolnin, they are the biggest idiots they've ever well, been in their Well, you don't have a solid goalie line to begin with, so I feel like... Save the young you, guy who's got chance of being a good goalie versus Subban? You need to protect the one who's doing the best. Yeah. And if you get rid of Subban, that means you can go find a better goalie. Yeah. That's all I have to say. But making that final payment allows the team to start building their roster through trades and signings so they can sign free agents that exist currently in the market as well. They have the ability to start making trades going like, we won't take this person if you give us this person like Vegas did so well. I hate that because it just feels like a threat. Yeah. If you don't give us this player, we're going to take this 
it worked out for Vegas so well. Mobsters loved Vegas too. We'll see how the Kraken handle that. But they also will be able to attend league meetings and vote on upcoming rule proposals as well. So because they made that final payment. So that's good. Like they're going to be able to vote on things that matter for next season. Uh, Also this week, the NHL announced that the All-Star Game will be back for the 2021-2022 season with a full fan experience. They haven't really released the details of whether they're going to do like rapid testing on site like they were planning on doing if they would have done it this year or if they're just going to require proof of vaccination to get in like they were also planning on doing this year. Well, the All-Star Game is always in January. Yeah. So it's going to be next year. Yeah. So I feel like you're not going to have to worry about testing so much. It's just vaccination cards. Yeah. So we'll see what comes future, but the NHL announced that they do plan on hosting it next year with full fan capability. Also this week, the NHL announced that they have signed a seven-year deal with Turner Sports, ending the 10-year run contract with NBC Sports. So NBC Sports will no longer be broadcasting the Stanley Cup or regular season games or preseason games as of this upcoming season. I don't like this because I like watching it on NBC. The good news is most people's cable packages have both the channels that Turner Sports is going to be broadcasting these games on anyways. So TNT and TBS. So Do um, we? Yes. Okay. And they are going to be kind of in a dual contract with ESPN and ABC. We talked about that a couple weeks ago where they're going to be trading off the Stanley Cup playoffs kind of back and forth with ESPN and ABC. Are they uh, trading it off per year or are they trading it off like per round? Because those are very different things. The finals will be traded off back and forth and the the rounds coming up into that will actually be shared amongst both. It'll be between ESPN and, well, not really. You have to have two different things in order to watch Stanley Cup playoffs at that point. I think the one, well, no, you don't. You're going to have basic cable, and it's going to cover ABC and ESPN in that instance, usually speaking. And also, you're normally going to include TNT and TBS if you have, like, an extended package. So not really. Well, to be fair, a lot of people don't have cable anymore. Yeah. So if you don't have cable, yes, you do have to have two separate things in order to watch Stanley Cup. Yeah, or you can have the NHL package, which will allow you to watch any games that aren't blacked out. So, But then there are blacked out games. Yeah. You see the problem. Yeah, for some people, I guess. Not for us, I guess, in that instance. We're the only ones, you could say privileged enough, or you could say stupid enough to still have cable packages. Yeah. So we can watch Stanley Cup, and it's not a problem for us. That doesn't mean it's not a problem. Also this week in COVID news, the AHL has announced that it is canceling the 2021 playoffs. Uh, It will not be hosting any games. The Pacific Division, on the other hand, has announced that they will host their own tournament for basically the championship of the AHL Pacific Division. That's really weird. So, like, the whole of AHL isn't having a tournament, but one portion of them is having a tournament? Correct. That's so weird. I'm not a fan of that. But I also don't watch AHL games, so. I think it's going to be just a little bit weird because of the fact that it's just one division playing each other. So no matter how good you did this season, you have a chance to play for the Pacific Division Championship. I'm wondering if you, like, hang up a banner. Like, no, you don't. We're the only AHL teams that played for the championship. You get one of those really stupid ribbons that they used to hand out (laughs) for, like, minor league sports. Got it. Um, But speaking of playoffs... Most of the spots are already closed up in the NHL. 
Obviously, last week we already had the West pretty much slammed shut door-wise. You had the Knights, the Avalanche, and the Wild. In the East, you have now the Capitals, the Penguins, and the Islanders. We clinched before the Caps. I don't know why you said the Caps first. It's just the way the news article stacked up for me, so I'm sorry. You technically both clinched the same night, so I don't know that one really clinched before the other. It was the same evening. The winning team clinches before the losing team. Technically (laughs) is how it works. I'm not just saying that to be funny. That's how it technically works. In the Central, you have the Hurricanes, the Panthers, and the Lightning that have already clinched. And in the North, you have one team, the Maple Leafs. Well done, Maple Leafs. You're the only team that's clinched. Hey, I mean, that's really good for them. Have you seen them over the past few years? Like, they finally got there and got there first. Yeah, it's true. Uh, So we'll see who else clinches in the North. And then those four spots are still really, like, volatile. Everybody's really close to each other. The West, I think, is only two points apart. Yeah. With three teams. It's going to be real hard to uh, block that last spot. And the Central, it's a little further apart. It's about five points difference between two teams, realistically. It's between Dallas and Nashville at this point. I kind of want Dallas to pull it off just so that we have playoff hockey here in Dallas. Yeah. And Nashville's out because screw Nashville. Um, well, also, they're playing each other this week. Yeah. And so it's like, that's going to really determine It's going to tilt get who's got the opportunity, yeah. It sounds like the other division with Carolina is going to be a real. It's going to be a mess. I don't know that I'd really want to be the fourth team right now because if you do have to play Carolina. Carolina, the Lightning, and who else? And the Panthers. Yeah, that sounds rough. Yeah, Joe Quinville brought back the team. Go figure. Like Florida missed, I think, last year by like that much. and A whisker. Yeah, if that. And so like. Everybody knew the team was going to come back way harder than they did last season, and they sure did. They showed up very well this year. so That's going to be a hard division. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to watching it. I'm, I'm kind of happy that my Blackhawks are the outside looking in at this point like because I would not want to be a part of that as a fan. Like It is just any team could win, like right. literally any team. Like Nashville's been playing so hot. Dallas has been flipping a switch lately. Like If, if either of those two teams come in, there's a very good chance that they could win it all, too. Yeah. It's just, it's nutty. I really don't want the Lightning to win. Because you want to be the only team mm-hmm. in the salary cap era to win back-to-back? I mean, that is a nice title, isn't it? That's so nice. Yeah. But no, just because I don't like teams repeating. So why do you like me. it? I was going <laughs> to say, unless they're the Penguins. <laughs> but that pretty much wraps up my NHL news. That is a good way to end it on you being a hater on people winning two Stanley Cups back-to-back. It's what I'm known for, hating on everyone. I guess that means it's time to move on to the NFL, which I really don't want to do. It's going to go on forever. It's really not. I actually kept it short and sweet for you. I hate it. Let me get through my news first. So the longtime Cowboys linebacker Sean Lee is retiring after an 11-year career. He announced it on Monday, April 26th. I don't have much else about him. That's why I didn't write anything about it. I, I don't know this person. Yeah. I know nothing about him, but he was with the Cowboys for 11 years. You're going to laugh. The irony is I have a couple fans of Dallas Cowboys, go figure here, working in Dallas area, uh, in my store, and I mentioned that he retired and nobody knew who he was. See, that's a sign. That's <laughs> a sign. I was like, either you guys aren't true Cowboys fans or he really is a guy that's just kind of here. and Not anymore. <laughs> clearly You have former Steelers offensive tackle Marcus Gilbert, who announced on Monday, April 26th, that he is also retiring. I know nothing about the Steelers, so. Which is kind of funny because you're such a big, like, black and yellow sports fan. 
I am. Like you think that you Those would just stay colors. with them? <laughs> Those were also my high school's colors. Yeah. Just saying. There's a pattern. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Wide receiver Antonio Brown is re-signing with the Buccaneers on a one-year deal worth up to $6.25 million. You know who Antonio Brown is, right? Is he the one we don't like because of the helmet thing? Yeah. He's helmet guy and I remembered? Yeah. I'm doing so good. I literally put in my notes, for Liberty helmet guy. I remembered it all (laughs) on my own. I need one of those little stupid ribbons. Yeah. Out of the $6.25 million dollars, $3.1 million is fully guaranteed, including a $2 million signing bonus. That's like half the money. Yeah, that is exactly almost half the money. It is exactly almost half the money. Yeah. Brown recently resolved a civil dispute with his former trainer, Brittany Taylor, who had accused Brown in a 2019 lawsuit of sexually assaulting her. Two sides reached a settlement. Athletes, man. They got the money. They're going to pay their, their problems away, it seems. And it's really crappy Don't that they can get away with it. people do that? Well, true. That's for a different podcast, though. <laughs> Called Mo Money, Mo Problems. Mo Money, No Problems. Accurate. Yeah. The Denver Broncos have acquired quarterback Teddy Bridgewater from the Carolina Panthers for a sixth-round pick. I'm hoping you have the details on this trade because it's – Freaking crazy. Carolina is paying $7 million of Bridgewater's $10 million guaranteed money for 2021, so 70%. Yeah. Bridgewater is apparently a good backup option, but he says that he's also competing for the starting job in Denver. 100% he's probably going to be the starter. The quarterback that they had last year was just the king of inconsistencies. But apparently it's not guaranteed to him. He has to actually try out for it according to what they were saying in the article. Sure. If they're stupid, they don't start Teddy Bridgewater over the idiot that they have there currently. Like With that deal, I don't think they are stupid. I think they're very, very smart. Yeah, they got a guy that normally collects $10 million a year to be a starting quarterback for $3 million. That's, that's insanity. Well, and it said that was just the guaranteed money. I didn't say that was like his full, his full contract con- His money. full contract is 10 mil. His full contract is guaranteed money? Pretty much for this season, yeah. The way the, the yes. contract broke out. Um, Dude, get hurt and lay up on the couch for the season. <laughs> but for a six-round pick and $3 million to have a starting quarterback in the NFL, holy crap, like yeah. that's a steal. I was talking about it with uh, one of our Broncos fans at work this week, and he was like, how do we end up with Teddy Bridgewater for $3 million? And I said, whoever stole him from the <laughs> Panthers, like, wow, like good on them. I don't know who would agree to that. Kind of deal. It just they, it's real stupid. For a six-round pick, what are you going to get with a six-round pick? Like, well, a guy that six, might... The sixth-round pick was for the draft that happened this week, right? Yeah. So we should know who they got. Well, yeah. I'm sure it's somebody, but, like, it's a nobody in the well, realm of what a draft round, is. Yeah. yeah. But there were some other signings this week, um, more of taking up options for players. So the Ravens exercised Lamar Jackson's fifth-year option costing the franchise a total of $23 million this season. $23.016 million to have him through the 2022 season. Yeah. And then also the Panthers exercised Sam Darnold's fifth-year option, which is who they brought in to replace Teddy Bridgewater. They were already planning on getting rid of Bridgewater. It was kind of on the horizon for a while. And so extending that option. But if option, he's so good, why were they getting rid of him? He didn't really fit into the offensive system of the coach, so that has a lot to do with it. You also had the Pittsburgh Steelers sign quarterback Mason Rudolph to a one-year, 
$5 million extension to keep him through the 2022 season. The extension is worth $5 million and includes a $4 million additional incentive option related to playtime. So, so depending you, on how much time he plays, apparently he can almost double his money. Yeah, but he has to play behind Rosselberger, which means mm-hmm. he's not going to get much playtime. Yeah, he is set up to be the backup to Roethlisberger in the 21 season, so... Unless something happens to that guy, and like he takes a trip down some stairs, maybe. Yeah. Or gets pushed in front of a car, maybe. You know who Mason Rudolph is, right? He's the guy that got beat up with his own helmet by uh, Jason Garrett from the Cleveland Browns about a year or so ago. Uh, Did he say something bad? Yeah, he dropped a racial slur and got the crap beat out of him by Maybe he gets pushed in front of a car on purpose. <laughs> I'm just saying, I just think it's, he's he's a good backup. I understand why they extended the contract, but it's like, he's kind of toxic. Just a little bit, you know. You can't be kind of toxic. Either you are toxic or you're not. Uh, like, it depends on the day. I feel like there's times where he is and there's times that he's not, so. Hazardous waste is always hazardous waste. Yes, but that's different. <laughs> Moving on. Is that all the NFL news you had? Yeah. Okay, here we go then. Uh, Here we go. So the good news is you covered most of the things that I have for NFL news. Good for me. The negative thing is I still have things. Um, That is a true negative. So they're all kind of revolving around the NFL draft. So the biggest one to come out, I think, this week pre-draft was Aaron Rodgers has stated that he wants to be traded. The GM of the Packers has said he has no plans to trade him. He plans on starting Aaron Rodgers this season. In response, Aaron Rodgers came out and stated that he will not return this season with the Green Bay Packers if the GM Brian Gutekunst, I don't even want to try to say his last name, stays in his role uh, as the GM this season. So he's saying either you fire him or I'm not coming back? Basically. Sir, you are trying to be too big for your britches. I'm going to agree to disagree with you on that one, only because the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the GM has been progressively getting worse over the last three years. And if you're paying any attention to the Packers football program... Why would you be? Well, I'm an NFC North fan of the Bears, so it's kind of there in my face whether I want to see it or not. But you notice that that relationship has been getting progressively worse and worse and just getting ready to explode. And so, like, each one of them for the last three years has been pouring a little more fuel on the kindling ready to start the fire. And I think Rodgers basically at this point was like, cool, hit the match, threw it on the fire, and is just ready to let it all burn down at this point. So I'm kind of interested to see where he ends up going. For a while pre-draft, I was like, come to Chicago, pull Brett Favre, stay in the NFC North, and just trample the freaking Packers and teach him a lesson. So, like, Brett Favre, at the end of his career, when Aaron Rodgers was coming into the role as starting quarterback, went to the Minnesota Vikings and manhandled the friggin' Packers for two straight seasons in that role. So, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers do something like that. I don't think, now that we're past the draft, that's going to happen, especially after the Bears drafted who they did. And we'll discuss that momentarily. So... I don't know. It's it's interesting. He could end up in a lot of places. The Broncos expressed interest pre-draft. They were willing to trade away their first-round draft pick to take him. But I don't know. It's kind of a weird pickle right now where he's just kind of in limbo. But the relationship is definitely not healthy. If 
he does announce that he's going to retire, which is what he's threatening to do if the GM isn't terminated. He would have to pay the Packers back $11.5 million for two seasons. So twice he's going to have to pay them back that sum of money to properly retire because they've already prepaid him for those seasons. We'll see what comes of it. It's not going to look pretty no matter how it ends up, but I don't know. A lot of drama in Green Bay. But speaking of the actual draft, we'll stay on the subject here. Some fun stuff going on. The Bucks uh, made Grant Stewart, the linebacker from the University of Houston, Mr. Irrelevant as the last pick in the NFL draft. I hate that they call it that. Yeah. You know who's irrelevant? The people who don't get drafted. Correct. Also this week, the Kansas City Chiefs allowed a fan to make a draft pick, aiding him in his proposal to his girlfriend. He made the pick and then turned and was like, I do have a little bit more to say here. And he turned and proposed to his girlfriend, who is also a diehard Chiefs fan. I hope so. Otherwise, you're real dumb. Yeah. And she said yes. Because what else would you do when you're on national television? Right. <laughs> Hopefully. I feel like that was him trying to not give her an option to say no. Yeah, it was a pretty great proposal if you like you already knew the answer was going to be yes. If it backfired, oof, that yeah. could have been bad. And then the Jets took two players in back-to-back rounds with the same first and last name of Michael Carter. That's not confusing at all. Uh, people One team took two Michael Carters? In back-to-back rounds of the draft. Yeah, the Jets. I, at first, people were like, did you mean to draft the other one in the previous round and then the other way around in the next round? Like, they were super confused. Like, just all sorts of jokes about it. Right. So, But, yeah, that was an interesting thing that happened in the draft. But the big picks, obviously, are the top five. The first pick went to the Jaguars. They selected who they everybody thought they were going to pick, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson. Uh, the second pick went to the Jets. They selected Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. And the third pick went to the 49ers. They selected Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State University. It's the first time North Dakota State University has ever had a draft pick of a player in the first round. Not not just, like, in the draft, thank God. It could have been worse, I guess. But the first round, yes. The fourth pick went to the Falcons. They selected Kyle Pitts, the tight end from the University of Florida. The fifth pick went to the Bengals. They selected Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. And we'll talk about the Bears' first pick because we traded up from 19 to 11 to pick Justin Fields, the quarterback from the Ohio State. He, I think, is going to be the best quarterback move that the Bears have ever made in the history of their organization. That's quite a thing to say. It is, and so I'm excited by it. Um, It definitely is a lot less of a percentage of risk than bringing in Mitch Trubisky third overall in a draft that included Patrick Mahomes, the multiple Super Bowl MVP, and then also Deshaun Watson, who now you don't want to touch with a 100-yard stick because he's talk about hazardous waste. Mm. Like, woof. So it's like... I'm, I'm happy. As a Bears fan, it made me happy. And I love watching all the reaction videos that were out there. So, like, the White Sox were actively playing a game while the draft was occurring. And literally the fans in the middle of just a nothing play that happened in the stadium just lost their minds when they found out Justin Fields was drafted. Everybody was cheering and clapping. And they announced it over the intercom because Chicago sports fans are Chicago sports fans, no matter what team is playing. So... 
as we learned on a plane ride coming back when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. So it's like you could be on an airplane and they still lose their mind. So, But that's all the draft coverage and NFL news I have. I figured that would keep you happy, you know, keeping it short and sweet for you. Yes. Moving on to the MLB, I only have two pieces of MLB news. I wish that's all I had. I have a lot more than I have NFL news. I really wish you also had only two pieces of MLB news. Starting with player health, the Diamondbacks outfielder Cole Calhoun had surgery to remove a split hamstring tendon in his left leg, which sounds disastrous. He could be out six to eight weeks, depending on recovery. He sustained a strained hamstring while attempting to steal third base in the sixth inning on Tuesday, April 27th. Also this week, it was a bad time to be a baseball player and having balls hit you in the face. Yes, I saw that video. Uh, Well, there were two instances that occurred this week. I saw one of the videos. So we'll start with the Oakland Athletics first baseman, Matt Olson, who was scratched during batting practice after he hit a ball against the protection for the batting practice pitcher that came back and hit him in the eye. So uh, his... X-rays and CTs came back negative of any, like, long-term damage, but his eye was completely swollen shut. Yikes. So, uh, one of his teammates said he got lucky to not break any bones, but his eye had swollen completely shut, and we don't expect him to be back this week because it was going to take time for it to decrease in the swelling and the bruising, I would imagine, as well, because that sucks. But the one you probably saw because it was big time news was Bryce Harper. Uh, He was hit in the face with a 97 mile an hour fastball by Cardinals pitcher Genesis Cabrera. Uh, Bryce Harper's CT came back clean and walked away with only bruising on his face, which he is very thankful for the fact that he got so lucky. He actually came out and uh, went live on Instagram and was like, guys, I'm alive and I'm fine and there's no permanent damage, but like I do have some mild bruising on my face and I'm like, I mean, I would have expected a broken, like, orbital bone, something in the cheek area. Right. It was nasty. It was a nasty pitch to hit him. What a lot of those articles ignored to say was that Didi Gregorius came up next to bat and was also hit by a pitch. Jeez. Um, Get rid of this guy. The problem is the manager came out and stated for the Cardinals was there is a three-pitch minimum. Like the batter or the pitcher has to throw at least three pitches before he can be pulled out of an inning. And it was one pitch, two pitch. So he couldn't pull him out of the game. At least he didn't hit the third guy. He didn't hit the third guy. The third guy hit a double. So I guess it kind of worked out because they had two runners on and it scored two runs. But yeah. Yeah. The pitcher was immediately pulled after that third pitch was hit so good news there but it wasn't a good time to be a baseball player and not protect your face this week basically it seemed like Dodgers veteran pitcher David Price was placed on the 10-day IL with a grade 2 hamstring strain those are the injuries I had at least in the world of COVID-19 some good news in the world of MLB the uh, MLB announced that nine teams have reached an 85% vaccination rate of players coaches and other tier one access members of the organization, and that there were another 10 teams that reached the 80% mark this week as well. So some teams trying to make some strides in getting vaccinated. So that's good. 
Also this week in COVID news in the major leagues, only two major league players and two off-site players tested positive this past week for COVID-19. There were over 11,547 tests done this this week, which has them below 3.5% positive COVID cases in the MLB this week. The overall for the season is 0.034% positive. They've done over 431,000 tests this season. So Already? I feel like baseball's barely been going. Yeah, but they have small taxi squads, kind of like NHL. So like those players are being included in these positive numbers. Right. But there's only been a total of 43 positive cases this season, which is... Pretty dang good. Yeah. Probably be better if they were in a bubble. Yeah. In negative news of COVID, uh, the Braves announced they will be the first team in North America's big four sports leagues to allow constant 100% capacity seating full-time starting uh, on May 7th. Do you want COVID? That's how you get COVID. Obviously, the Texans were the first team to do a full stadium capacity for opening day, but they've since cut back to 25% seating capacity in their stadiums which makes me feel a little bit better about maybe going to a rangers game when my mom is here for vacation so we'll, we'll see have to see also this week joey Votto hit his 300th career home run against the cubs on friday he finished the game going three for four at the plate which also included two doubles and three rbis so not a bad outing to hit your 300th homer and then I had some funny news, which I know I told you a little bit about. Tyler Glasnow was caught swearing on camera during the game against the Oakland Athletics after his teammate made an amazing catch. He commented post-game saying that he was sorry that he was swearing. He's just glad the microphones didn't pick up the actual profanities and all they could do was read his lips. He says that next time he should put his glove in front of his mouth, it was recommended by his mother after he received text messages from her to stop swearing on national television. I just love that. The reason he got caught up is because his mother was like, listen here, Tyler. Yeah. You don't do this on national television. But I know I told you a little bit about it this week, and we both kind of laughed about it in that instance. The thing is, I have a potty mouth that's worse than anyone else I know, so I feel like I'd always be getting told to watch my mouth. Yeah, I'm just happy that you're really good about a podcast not doing it so often, so I don't have to sit there and like press the beep button every time you uh, decide to do it or the mute your mic situation. (laughs) Um, But also this week, the Colorado Rockies mutually agreed to part ways with GM Jeff Bridich after his worst start to a season during his tenure as the general manager. Currently, the Rockies own the worst record in the National League with a 10-17 record. They are the second worst team in the major leagues as well with the record currently. So he's made some pretty interesting decisions of trading away players for prospects, I think he was trying to build the organization up, which, you know, whoever the new GM is, congratulations, he's doing some long-term work for you. But uh, the team's not happy about it, the ownership, so they cut him out. And then for the MLB, uh, the last piece of news that I have is that Roberto Alomar, who Ah, has been serving as a consultant to the MLB, has been placed on the league's ineligible list after an investigation into a 2014 sexual misconduct allegation while the Toronto Blue Jays who had retired his number also cut ties with him. Not only did they cut ties with him they took him off their wall of numbers as well like his name his number of retired number they've removed it and the ineligible list a lot of people don't understand it because it sounds like it's just for an MLB related job but it's 
anywhere in the MLB, you cannot, like, you're just black barred from doing anything for an MLB organization. You can't be an international scout for a team. You can't do any jobs for an MLB organization in any entity. So. And Commissioner Rob Manfred said in a statement on Friday that an independent investigation by an external law firm was conducted into the allegation. Manfred said, Having reviewed all of the available evidence from the now-completed investigation, I have concluded that Mr. Alomar violated MLB's policies and that termination of his consultant contract and placement on MLB's ineligible list are warranted. Rightfully He's so. like... Yeah, we're getting rid of this guy. He's basically blackballed. Can't go anywhere. So, you know, you do stupid things, you win stupid prizes in that instance. I feel like that's severely playing down what happened when you say it like that. Yeah, the person that brought forward the accusations to cause the investigation basically said she wasn't after money, she wasn't trying to get him locked up, but... She knew that the public needed to be informed about what was going on. Um, so good on her to, to try do that. to prevent anyone else getting sexual harassment by him. In the NBA, we had a couple of injuries this past week. The Orlando Magic guard Devin Kennedy suffered an open fracture of his right ankle on Sunday, April 25th. The Magic announced on Monday that he had surgery on his ankle to clean out the injury and he will be out for the remainder of the season. Apparently, it was so bad that another player, like, took one of his towels and put it over the guy's leg because he was going to pass out or throw up looking at it. Yum. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers forward Larry Nance Jr. has suffered a right thumb fracture and will be out for the foreseeable future. He was injured in the fourth quarter of the loss to the Washington Wizards on Sunday, April 25th. And we have some interesting ones in the injury world as well. You have Kelly Oubre of the Golden State Warriors. It came out this week that he's been playing with a torn wrist ligament. Why? And palm fracture in his left hand. How about you don't? The team currently is undergoing further evaluation to see if he can still keep playing with the injury as they push for a playoff spot. He's been out for three games, so they're basically reevaluating him to see if it's healing enough for him to be able to play. And then also this week, John Wall of the Houston Rockets will miss the remainder of the season after an MRI revealed a right hamstring strain. So hamstring strains are in right now, it seems. Apparently across the leagues. Yeah. The L.A. Clippers announced on Monday, April 26th, that they have agreed to a deal for the remainder of the season with center DeMarcus Cousins. Cousins has been with the team since April 5th on two 10-day contracts, which I've never heard of before. That's really weird. There's something that they added in the CBA just due to COVID and, like, injury things that they're going to have to avoid so, like, they can sign guys to shorter contracts for things to like that. test them out? like No, just to kind of fill in space, basically. Mm. That's so strange. And Carmelo Anthony's memoir will be out in September. The book will trace Anthony's rise from the housing projects to becoming an NBA star. The memoir will be out on September 14th from Gallery Books. In an excerpt from the book, he writes, I'm a black kid from the bottom. I had to fight through some of the roughest housing projects in America. How did I, a kid who'd had so many hopes, dreams, and expectations beat out of him, Make it here at all, which is kind of heavy. I love how you slipped in that book part into the sports episode. <laughs> he wrote a memoir. Yeah. Good. yeah. He's a sports person. He is. It's sports related. Yeah. He's still an active sports player, no less. There you go. Sports related. <laughs> 
Houston Rockets guard Kevin Porter Jr. has been fined $50,000 for violating the league's health and safety protocols when he attended a club in Miami on April 19th. Gotta get your overly expensive drink on, apparently. There's more news about him, but in positive light. <laughs> um, he then decided to quarantine himself for 14 years? No. Oh. Houston Rockets' Kevin Porter Jr. became the youngest player in NBA history to score 50 points and have 10 assists in a single game. He recorded the record at 20 years and 360 days of age. The next closest was LeBron James at 23 years and 66 days. Nice. Which reminds me, why was he in a club at 20 years old? He shouldn't have been. <laughs> right. Unless it's an all-ages club and he got a little wristband saying he can't drink. Yeah. <laughs> I highly doubt that's what happened. No. Man, money can buy you a lot of stuff. can buy you out of trouble and it can buy you into bars. Yeah. Yeah. And the last piece of NBA news that I personally have is the Boston Celtics guard Marcus Smart has been suspended one game without pay for directing threatening language towards a game official during the game against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday, April 27th. The irony is they still beat the pants off of the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to talk about that here in a second, but I feel so... you got to be stupid to be shouting at an officiator of the game when you're already just beating the crap out of the worst team in the NBA. Like, what are you... You're just supposed to accept what's happening at that point because you're winning. Yeah, and and so they handed them in that game Oklahoma City's 12th straight loss. It's like, they already feel bad. You don't need to beat them any worse by shouting at the referees for not giving you a call. It's like, come on, dude. Like, get over yourself. But to tack on the 14th straight loss for the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Indiana Pacers this week set a franchise scoring record by absolutely destroying the Thunder. It was 152 to 95. (laughs) Like, I thought you were going to say it was 200 to 100. It might as well have been because it was that close of a game. Oklahoma City Thunder had already been eliminated from playoff contention earlier in the week with a loss to the Pelicans, which was their 13th loss. So Oklahoma City's loss to the Celtics was their 12th loss in yeah. a row. So it's just like, ugh. You think they're going to make it to 19? They're on their way. They very well could. Yeah. They have enough games in the season to make it. So When does the season end for them? I, th- I think they have six more games after this loss that they took to uh, the Pacers they last night. They could beat the NHL record and have 20 losses. I think it would be the all-time major sports record at that point. So good on them. I, I'm sure your your grandmother would not be happy to no, be a part of that piece not. of history. <laughs> but all streaks end eventually. Hopefully, you have to attack on that last word, though. Yeah. But LeBron James set a record this week unintentionally. One of his rookie cards sold for $5.2 million, uh, which is a record-tying sale in the rookie card world. I thought you were going to say it was overpriced. Well, it is, but it's a piece of cardboard. But it is autographed by him, so... Autographed cardboard. Yeah. Um, Fancy. But it tied the record for overall dollar sales with a Mickey Mantle card that was autographed as well. So good on him, I guess. I don't know. It's it's a a card. There's really not much he did to be a part of it. And then in COVID news, the commissioner, Adam Silver, announced this week that the NBA has vaccinated 70% of players and in turn is trying to get to the 85% mark before the playoffs begin in order to not have to have a playoff bubble. So it's not a stipulation that's like solid 
in the ground yet necessarily by the NBA, but it is a goal that Adam Silver has as the commissioner to try to make before the playoffs start. So, And speaking of playoffs, there are four teams that have clinched a playoff spot currently, two in the East and two in the West. In the Eastern Conference, you have the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers that have clinched currently. And in the West, you have the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. Yay, NBA playoffs. I just love that the NHL are getting their stuff handled faster than the NBA is. That makes me happy. Well, our season started after their season. It's true. And it had less games. Who had less games? The NHL. Okay. But did you have anything on your favorite subject, the MLS? I have one signing for the MLS. Otherwise, you know, people are playing, teams are winning, others are losing. Yeah. The LA Galaxy have signed French defender Sega Koulibaly to a two-year contract with a one-year option. He spent the past three years with A.S. Nancy in France's League Two. He is the third French player added to the Galaxy roster this year. They're recruiting the Frenchman. Apparently. No surprise to you, I have no MLS news whatsoever. But you do have international soccer news. Yeah, we'll start with some fun stuff going on in the world of Manchester United this morning. The Manchester United-Liverpool game was delayed by two hours because of fans from outside of the stadium raiding the pitch. The organization turned on the sprinklers to try to slow down the motivation of fans getting onto the field. In response, the players decided to light flares and smoke bombs on the field. Players did that? Not the players, I'm sorry. The fans decided to light smoke bombs and flares on the field. Here's the thing. You're not supposed to be allowed into the arenas if you have flares or anything like that. Right. They didn't go on, like, before the game started. They literally got onto the pitch. Firstly, I should clarify, there are no fans allowed in the stadium currently in the Premier League. So they came from outside of the stadium, through the security gates, down the walkway from the seating area, onto the pitch. Yep. So they broke into the stadium. So a lot of fun times in the world of your team in the Premier League. I feel like when you're at the top of the table, you shouldn't do things like this. But I know this is a reaction to management trying to force certain things upon the United fans, like joining the Super League. Yeah, which royally blew up in their face. They're basically trying to get the owner to sell the organization at this point, which fat chance it's one of the most profitable organizations in the world of sports. So I really don't think that will change at all. But I mean, you'd have to get a board of directors to kick him out, probably. Yeah, which would... They won't do because they're the ones who agreed to join the Super League. So. Yeah, exactly. In my news of Premier League, Newcastle United lost this morning to Arsenal 2-0. to zero. It was pretty much over when it started. The first two goals were done in the first 15 minutes, and we lost. So, ta-da. Yeah. That puts us in 17th place. One spot out of relegation, but we are still nine points up on Fulham, so it's still, odds are we're not going to get there, thank goodness. It would help if you won another game. We really do need to win at least one more game to guarantee that we stay out of relegation. Also this week, speaking of Arsenal, there's a lot of talk that the CEO of Spotify is trying to make a buyout of the organization, but Arsenal fans do not want him to be a part of the organization because they believe that he is stealing money from artists, which he kind of is. He underpays mm-hmm. them rights-wise drastically. But all I have to say is, hey, if you got money, Newcastle needs new ownership. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to buy the team in 17th place. It's a worthwhile investment if you put money into the players. 
Like, if you're willing to bring in other players and spend money, Newcastle United could very easily turn around. Come flip this soccer club. Basically, yeah. It worked for Manchester City for the longest time. They were near the bottom of the table. Don't you miss those days? And then an Arab Sheik and his buying group came in and were like, would you like some money? And they were like, yes. And here they are, one win away from claiming the title for the season. But speaking on those terms, Manchester City currently is sitting in first place with 80 points. Manchester United is currently sitting in second place with 67 points. Leicester City in third with 63. Chelsea in fourth with 61. And West Ham in fifth with 55. The defending champions are still on the outside looking into a Champions League spot in sixth place with 54 points for Liverpool. I like that. Let's keep them out. Yeah. This week was a week full of Champions League, so you really didn't see too much individual league soccer until Saturday and Sunday, really. So in the Bundesliga, everything more or less has stayed the same. Bayern Munich is still sitting in first place with 71 points. Red Bull Leipzig is in second with 64. Wolfsburg in third with 57. Frankfurt in fourth with 56 points. And Dortmund sitting in a Champions League playoff spot with 55 points in fifth place. But in brighter news, the DFB Pokal was played this weekend as well. You had Red Bull Leipzig in the 124th minute because it went to extra time. Jeez. Winning the game over Werder Bremen 2-1. to one. That was definitely the harder of the two series, I think, in the semifinals. Your team played in the one with, realistically, the donkey team that magically pulled off an upset over my team to get to where they are, which is double whammy heartbreak for Bayern Munich. I'm just saying, it's better to beat the donkey team than to get... Beat by the donkey team, yeah. yeah. Borussia Dortmund beat them 5-0, to zero, all five goals coming in the first half. You started rotating out players you haven't seen all season <laughs> in the second Here, half. get some playtime. Yep. Enjoy. But the goals were scored by Giovanni Reina, the 18-year-old just phenom from the United States. It scored in the 16th and the 22nd minute. Marco Royce scored in the 26th minute. Thorgan Hazard scored in the 32nd minute. And then the 17-year-old from England, Jude Bellingham, scored in the 41st minute. You guys just lit them up in the first half and then just laid off. You're like, all right, (laughs) we don't want to beat you any worse than you've already been beat. Yeah. So the final game will be taking place in, I believe, the next two weeks in Berlin between Red Bull Leipzig and Borussia Dortmund, and I think that will be a lot better match. The head coach of Red Bull Leipzig will be Bayern Munich's new head coach next season. Um, It's been announced already. Uh, Hansi Flick is going to step down related to family. He wants more family time. He originally agreed to a contract for next season, but uh, based on the performance lately, it kind of was like nudged in the direction of just not coming back next year. So it'll be interesting to see what our like Bayern Munich's future head coach brings to the final of the DFB Pokal. So we'll see how that goes. I doubt he'll be on the field playing. It was announced by the DFB that they will not be allowing fans again this year in the Pokal final. So No one is surprised. Considering Europe is flaring up with COVID cases again. So what happens when you don't get vaccinations available to you as much as you need. That's w- the one thing that the U.S. has been doing right during all of this. So I really feel like we shouldn't rub anyone's nose in anything. But I think that pretty much wraps up the sports episode for you. And I know it couldn't come a second sooner for you. I wish it had. Yeah, but we'll catch you guys on Thursday for a book episode. The better of the episodes.
Yeah. Make sure you guys, in the meantime, are checking out all our social media, which will be linked in the show notes. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye.